Well, good morning, and uh, we're beginning our, our continuing our study in Luke this morning, and today we're going to begin chapter eleven, and and we'll begin by just reading the first bit of of Luke chapter eleven. And it came to pass, verse one of chapter eleven. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, that's Jesus, when he ceased. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. <clears throat> Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity because of his persistence this is what that word is because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needeth and I say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father will he give him a stone or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Boy, quite a, quite a lot of information in this block of Scripture. And I was uh, talking to our pastor this morning and I said you know I just felt totally inadequate to talk about this today because I'm like the worst prayer that there is you know and and uh, <clears throat> so a lot of things came to me as we we're uh, looking at this block of scripture uh, there's just so much in it and I and we talk about this quite a bit because prayer often comes up in the scriptures when in the Old Testament the New Testament wherever we're at the subject of prayer comes up and uh, you know our our pastor just says you know enter into your closet it's a private time of communication with you and God and and that's where we do our serious praying and not so much in a more formal setting so uh, <clears throat> I always appreciate that here <clears throat> it seems like when I, if I get called on to pray in a public thing it's like a vacuum cleaner comes and sucks everything out of my mind <laughs> And I'm, uh, so I struggle with that, and I know that <clears throat> many do. So, <clears throat> so as we look at this subject of prayer, and, and this same kind of the same thing is brought out in Matthew chapter six in the Sermon on the Mount, in a little bit different terms, pretty much the same uh, example or pattern. We'll call it not a. It's not a. Here are the words to say kind of a thing it's here when you pray to God say these words it's more the 
here's a pattern. Here's a, a, the context of what you should be thinking about. <clears throat> and we get that in Matthew chapter 6 too. And along with that, we get admonitions about here's what not to do, which is oftentimes when the Lord says, don't do this, it's, it's as valuable to us as what to do. Because <clears throat> when the Lord says, don't do that, because it's distasteful to him. Takes no pleasure in it, gets no good out of it. It uh, doesn't like it, so <clears throat> so he gives us uh, admonitions on how how not to do something. We should pay attention. <clears throat> the the text here notes that Jesus was praying, which he oftentimes did. And I think, boy, you know, we we have some really great examples of the Lord's prayer in Scripture. John seventeen, probably the one that comes to most people's mind. It's such a wonderful prayer, and he, and he. His concern is about his sheep there and the redemption of the sheep. And you've given me power over all things that I can give eternal life to as many as you have given me. And he's I'm here doing that. And then he goes on and talks about he's praying for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them whom thou has given me. And all those wonderful things that he brings out in the scriptures <clears throat> regarding his care and love and and. Uh, communication with the Father about those that the Father gave him before the foundation of the world and the covenant of grace. What a what a wonderful thing. And and I just see these these disciples, they they hear him pray and and they probably I I, I probably would feel like them. I'd say, Oh man, how wonderful and wish I could do that, you know, and and uh <clears throat> So we have those examples, and when we see them in Scripture, it's good to pay attention to them and and learn from them. And you know, when the disciples requested there in the first part of the verse, there in verse one, teach us to pray. Well, it the Lord's people they have a innate knowledge within themselves that. They're, they they're like all of us. Oh, I don't know what to. I don't know how to do this. I'm not. I need instruction. I need help. <clears throat> Just like we need help from the Lord in in every single aspect of everything we do. Um, <clears throat> so teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so there's that fundamental acknowledgement from believers that we need instruction there and and you know I was thinking about I was telling my Norm this morning that I had like the worst example of prayer where we used to go up in Alaska <laughs> it's like this is the most awful prayer service that ever in existence so I learned a lot of well here's how not to do it and and I I th- was thinking that you know I could I could pretty much say well this person's going to here's exactly the words he's going to say and this person goes Here, here's what he's going to say and and so on down the road and and but you know I think that when we look at when we take a deeper look at prayer and when we take a deeper look at the the purpose of it and the aspect of it uh Robert Haldane said there's there's kind of two aspects of prayer. One is the prayer itself, and, and, and the other is the, 
the things we ask for, and we don't know how to do either one. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> that's a quote from his commentary in Romans eight twenty five, I think, verse twenty five, where he says, "We we know not how to pray, even we don't even know how to pray." And that's Paul wrote that, and he wasn't saying those people out there they don't know how to pray. He says we. <clears throat> collectively don't know how to pray as we ought and <clears throat> thank God the spirit helps our infirmities and and kind of translates things that we have on our hearts and minds and, and so I kind of wanted to look at some things that really are more inter uh, introspectful I guess about prayer and <clears throat> And one of the things that kind of came to me is that, you know, everybody prays differently or has a different prayer, or different take on things. <clears throat> but collectively, it's kind of a blend, if we think about it in that way. In, Re in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, if you want to turn over there for just a, a second... <clears throat> in Revelation uh, 5, 8, when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twelve, twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And, and I was just thinking of all the, the different smells from over here, this aroma of this prayer and over here this or this odor of this prayer and and <clears throat> collectively they they kind of come together and intermingle and form a pleasant odor to the the Lord that is pleasing to him because people are communicating with him from all of all of his people and combine you know there it, it, it kind of reminded me from uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the different parts of the body uh, and, and it's kind of representative of the church. You know, we have the finger and we have the, the thumb and we have the eye and the ear and the, the, all the different components. <clears throat> and it says they all fit together to, to form a whole and they each form a, a function. They each perform a part and and I like I'll say boy I wish I could pray like that guy but that he's the thumb <laughs> and I'm like the little toe or something not so useful I think you know and but the toe is necessary for you to balance and the knee is necessary for you to stand up and turn and walk and you know, each part supplies a piece that's necessary and, and <clears throat> that's pleasing to the Lord. And so I think if we look at prayer kind of in that way, the <clears throat> they don't, uh, all all of our prayers don't have to be the same. I, I like Craig, he's so methodical and, and he remembers everything. And somebody says, we need to pray for this. Well, he writes that down and he remembers it. And me, it's like, <laughs> I'll be lucky if I can remember what I had for breakfast. You know? <laughs> so, 
<clears throat> and and we always talk about Calvin. His just his prayer was, "Lord, we just love you," and and that just kind of said it all. <clears throat> and so from there, we look at many of the things in our prayers are, are not expressed verbally so much as within our hearts. And that's what it talks about in Romans eight twenty five. <clears throat> we have these groanings, these things that really aren't verbalized, but they're just heart groanings that we have a, an, an earnest, serious burden about or a, something we want the Lord to address. And, <clears throat> and so thank the Lord that he's, the Spirit translates those into what's what's in accordance with God. So so I want to look at that today too. <clears throat> so in this prayer that we have here today it's only 58 words long and it's not a it's not a here's exactly what you say prayer. It's a kind of a compilation contextual view of prayer. Simplicity. It's not complicated. <laughs> it's like the gospel. It's not complex. <clears throat> and right off the bat, we look at who it's addressed to, you know, and, and, and our relationship with whom it is. And I think that it, it helps our prayer if we always remember that he causes us to cry, Abba, Father. He, cry, he causes us to remember that we are his children. We're, we're, <clears throat> we're in a kinship relationship to him. And that's why it goes on to say here in the, <clears throat> the latter part of the block of Scripture that we wrote today, which one of you that uh, asks something of his father? If you ask a loaf of bread, you're going to get a stone, you know. And and it, and it has that father-child relationship that it brings to us as a, an example. So, and we we know that we have that relationship with him, uh, and it tells us that. And we'll look at some scriptures here in the in the New Testament that describe that that relationship. But anyway, we recognize whom we're addressing. We're addressing God Almighty, but He's also God our Father and <clears throat> through Christ our, our our Lord. And <clears throat> so it it causes us to kind of recognize who and, and what God is. Our, the it just says a couple of words about him. Uh, just the very name in the Greek that Theos, that God, that supreme almightiness. <clears throat> but it says he's in heaven. And his his name is hallowed. So we'll look at that a little bit. <clears throat> and then we look at, at subordinating our will to comport with the will and purpose of God. And that's what, uh, what a lot of what the Holy Spirit does because as Paul wrote, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And many times the things that we would pray for <clears throat> uh, just are not in compliance with the will of the Father and, and, and always remembering that the purpose of God is the redemption of the church. And that's why we're here. That's the reason the earth is here. That's why all things are are happening everything is working for good to them that love God that who are the called according to his purpose so we know that 
that every single thing that goes on is according to his will and purpose as thou hast given him power over all things that he might give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him and <clears throat> so uh, and that go, that going out through the gospel uh, so subordinating our will to comport with the will and purpose of God recognizing the sovereignty of God in all things boy we have trouble with that we we uh, making our requests or needs known unto God <clears throat> always acknowledging our need for forgiveness by grace uh, boy we just have that every day uh, and expressing forgiveness to others just as we have been forgiven and and then he says lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil so those are the things we'll kind of briefly touch on in our amount of time that we have today but uh, Romans chapter 8 seems to sum up our our abilities and understanding in, in this world which is so adversely affected by sin and the fall <clears throat> in Romans 8 26 says likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities so uh, this is just one of those blocks of scriptures you should go all the way back to verse 1 where it says therefore there is no condemnation well the therefore makes you go back and read chapter 7 <laughs> so there's kind of no quitting or ending place there but when we leap into the middle here it says likewise the spirit helpeth our infirmities as, as he helpeth us in a, a lot of other things for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he that searches the hearts knows what's in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God I think Haldane said you know Jesus makes intercession for us in heaven and the spirit makes intercession in our prayers here on earth and and what a combination we have there that gets us uh, in the according to the will of God. So <clears throat> our our view of things and the the God uh, God the Father's eternal purposes, our our view of all that's just so limited. Like Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. <clears throat> we can't see all of the implications and you know we can only see from here to there and uh, yeah. last week when we were sitting there in the in the office and Norm says well Rachel can't come to church because she has a flat tire on I-205 and <clears throat> so he says probably saved her from a terrible wreck further on down the road or some catastrophe or something you know it's you just don't know what uh, the providence of God intervened there and caused that to happen according to his purpose so we don't know <clears throat> and uh, you know many of I'm sure many of you have seen instances like that uh, in your own lives where something seemed to intervene I, I remember this one time where we were going to Anchorage and we were on this windy road and you couldn't pass anybody and I got behind this pokey old guy and he was just going like 40 and I couldn't pass him, and we, I was gritting my teeth and cursing him. And, and we were on our way to see a missionary, I think. 
And we just couldn't get around that guy. And we were a long ways, you know, and then finally we come upon this horrendous wreck. And I thought, oh, man, if we'd have got around that guy, we'd probably been right in the middle of that, you know. So <clears throat> we just don't know what, what to pray for as we ought. I, I was praying that that guy would have to take a break or something and get off the road. <laughs> but providentially, it didn't work out that way. So, But, uh, you know, that's just how we we just don't know. And and things happen through time, you know, we we... We look at God's providence and things, and I think in one of our previous lessons we mentioned that <clears throat> I'll bet you that uh, Daniel and Shadrach and all those guys said, "Well, I don't see anything good coming out of us going to Babylon," <laughs> but the Lord worked it for good. And Joseph down in Egypt, you meant it for evil, but God worked it for good that saved much people alive. All those kind of things that we see it recorded in the scriptures <clears throat> and in in the case of Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus I bet you all those people in Damascus were saying I heard Paul's coming I hope he gets run over by a camel or something <laughs> run down by a wagon or something on the way here and struck by lightning or something and and you know, you just don't know what to pray for as you ought. And and the Lord had to kind of say, hey, he's a chosen vessel unto me, and here's what I want you to do. And they said, okay, <laughs> what what you said we will do. And 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 you know the rest of that that story. So you know, we just we just don't have enough clairvoyance to know what to pray for as we ought. And and we we just need to kind of minimize that part of prayer and and maximize the part of thy will be done whatever that is lord however and it's not wrong to say you know i'm really concerned about this or i'm really concerned about that but we should always accompany it with lord we pray that your will would be done in in this manner in this matter and uh so often <clears throat> prayers are trying to subjugate God's will to our will. Lord, I want you to get rid of Paul <laughs> or Saul at, at that time. I want you to take him out and, and destroy him before he kills any more of us. Or <clears throat> so uh, that's, that can be applied in a broad range of just anything we think about. So we need to comport our will with the will and purpose of God and to always be thinking about that and to always be thinking that what's the purpose of God? It's the redemption of the church and that ought to always be, uh, you know, getting the gospel out, preaching the gospel uh, because that's the, the purpose of God is the redemption of the church. <clears throat> you know, my wife, she's so smart. She always says wise stuff all the time and we were watching the news and she's well I wonder how many of them Afghanis are going to hear the gospel now because they probably would never have heard it where they were and you know a hundred and some thousand of them are now in America and you know maybe three of them will hear the gospel that they never would have and we had to go through all this other stuff 
to create the conditions where that would happen. And I said, yep. I probably wouldn't have prayed for that, <laughs> you know, and all the bad things that went on with that. So, <clears throat> you know, everything is working for good for them who are the called according to his purpose. So to them that love God. So, so <clears throat> you know, we see and we understand with limited scope and <clears throat> uh, who who might be called by the gospel and who might have Christ revealed to them uh, according to his purpose, you know. Not the Ninevites. <laughs> so, <clears throat> why, you know, why do things happen? And nothing happens that's outside of the scope and purpose of, of God and his sovereignty. So, <clears throat> and in time... You know, we think, well, why did this happen to me? Or why did that happen to me? And, <clears throat> you know, Paul said, well, I had a lot of bad stuff happen to me. And, uh, you know, I was uh, shipwrecked here and nearly drowned, stoned, and whipped, and thrown in prison, and stoned again. And thrice I was beaten with rods. And <clears throat> that wasn't, that's probably unpleasant. <laughs> and, now I'm on my way to prison in Rome. But he said, you know, kind of what came to understand that it was all for the furtherance of the gospel. And yeah. then later on we learned that, uh, hey, I'm sending this letter from Rome and those of the household of Caesar that are among the brethren greet you <laughs> as well. <laughs> so there were some people in the household of Caesar that probably never would have heard the gospel had not Paul gone through all the things that he went through and so <clears throat> sometimes we pray well Lord I hope I have a safe journey with no adverse effects or problems or something and <clears throat> you know he got shipwrecked on that way down there and he spent a long time on this island and here and there and <clears throat> who knows how many people heard the gospel that because of the things that happened there. So <clears throat> so we look at that trying to comport our will with God's will and try to keep everything in the, in perspective with that, in context with that, and, and match up our wills with His will. <clears throat> thy will be done. Not my will be done, but Thy will. And, and have, pray that the Spirit takes our groanings from our heart and our concerns and says somehow make that compatible with your will Lord and and may it achieve the your purpose and <clears throat> and and as we look at this uh, <clears throat> one of the aspects of prayer in It says uh, <clears throat> prayer and supplication. One of the we'll read that verse here in a minute, but it, it talks about prayer and supplication. I thought, well, I'll look up that word and see what. And it really talks about the earnestness of prayer. And <clears throat> so the kind of the opposite of earnestness in prayer is 
of kind of a frivolous nature. We, and oftentimes I think that we get caught up in that, that <clears throat> we just turn our prayers into some kind of a frivolous, we just do it because it's perfunctory or it's, it's that time of day when we say this or we say that or, <clears throat> and, and we kind of lose the, the meaning and the depth and the perspective of it because we just, we're supposed to say this at this time and so we do and, <clears throat> and but it, it really gives us the, the idea of earnestness and when we, when we think about who we're praying to and the context of it and the comporting it with the will of thy will be done <clears throat> earnestness is, is it's important and I think that's what the spirit helps us with because we're pretty frail feeble <laughs> beings you know and, <clears throat> and we're subject to these things <clears throat> Otherwise, we'd just be charcoal lumps laying about <laughs> because we, we, we just don't know how to pray as we ought. And so the Spirit helps us out and says, you know, I know what he said, but here's what was really in, in his heart. And so uh, supplication, it talks about uh, that in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. We'll read that. And you know, we th we th it's this. We find out that this is just another one of those things that whatever God demands, He supplies. <laughs> By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Well, we have that same thing in prayer. <clears throat> in Zechariah twelve ten says, "And I will." Here's another one of those "I wills." of God that we always try to underline and highlight. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. <clears throat> he pours on us the the spirit of grace and supplications. Grace to know that we've been saved by grace. Grace to have supplication, to have earnest prayer uh, with the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So that word supplication there is used a couple of times, and it just means earnestness, seriousness. And and, and it ought to be in, in, in that vein. <clears throat> Earnest in prayer gives us the that sense of seriousness seriousness, the the importantness, the intensity of that prayer. Which is why in Matthew there's so much said in council about the prayer of the unregenerate, which is described as repetitious and perfunctory and, and vain. You, you think for your vain repetitions that you'll be much hurt if you just keep saying it over and over and over again, and, and uh, or 
you say it loud enough or uh, you say it just because well, I pray three times a day or I, I do this and I do that. It, just because you're doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's pleasing to God, <clears throat> in, especially in the case of the unregenerate. And that's why it's so important that the Spirit <clears throat> undertakes for the Lord's people to help them in, in this matter of, of prayer. Uh, in, in Matthew 6, we, we mentioned that earlier. <clears throat> and when thou prayest, and and I always love what our pastor says when it's, it talks about entering into your closet for prayer, just your and that that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a closet at home that you go into and close the door and you have a little stool there that you sit on or whatever and then okay I'm going to do my prayer. It, it's just a metaphor for whatever time that you choose to be alone and heartfelt communication with God your Father and that could be going down the road or you know in wherever it doesn't have to be in a certain place at a certain time and most often we find that it's a lot more often than we think it is if we really stop and consider it a lot of times we're communicating with God informally maybe in our mind but it doesn't always have to start with a certain set of words at a certain time <clears throat> and contain a certain vocabulary like these this that they've changed and religion has changed these prayers into oh you have to repeat this our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name blah 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 and and pack of nabiscos i'm i'm good so uh, <clears throat> when you pray don't be like the hypocrites are that love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they might be seen of men verily I say unto you they have their reward but when you pray use not vain repetitions useless that mean, word vain means useless just of, that, of no value <clears throat> as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. And Matthew 23 says, for a pretense, they make a long prayer. Because it's just, I'm, I'm so spiritual, I'm going to pray for like eight days here. And everybody will know that I am, I'm spiritual. I'm not like that man over there who just said, Lord, he just said like six words have mercy on me a sinner simple he recognized Lord he recognized his plight and he recognized the only place where there was relief from it in just those few words Lord have mercy on me a sinner all those contexts of <clears throat> who can provide mercy what mercy is and he understood that he needed that just in a few words earnest prayer recognizes God Almighty as the creator owner source controller the, the sovereign of all things we know that but sometimes we just sort of take it for granted and don't really pay attention to it and we get caught up in all the minutia of day to day things <clears throat> 
Colossians said that whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So that certainly ought to be in our thinking when we're praying <laughs> that, that in, in comporting our will with the will of him that created all things for him and by him were all things uh, created for his purpose. So, uh, <clears throat> And, you know, earnest, this supplication, this earnest seriousness of prayer recognizes the, the holy and righteous nature of our unchangeable, our immutable God. He's, Hallowed be thy name. You know, it's just not just word salad. Hallowed means... Hallowed means some serious business about God. And uh, uh, he sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Uh, <clears throat> reverend means revered. Held in reverence To means to regard with deep respect and love. It's just not a fake religious name that we give someone, the, the Reverend so-and-so. It's a, it's a much more deeper thing that really only applies to God. Uh, earnest prayer recognizes that the purpose of God in Christ is His coming for the redemption of the church. Thy, thy kingdom come. That, that's what He sent those disciples to preach in Luke the previous chapter says, go out and preach that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. <clears throat> and this kingdom is in the very person of Christ the Lord who came and laid down His life a ransom for many, making atonement for them by His blood and presenting them spotless before God the Father. And, and so we have a prayer. Uh, when you pray with everything, give by prayer and thanksgiving. Give thanks for him laying down his life for you. Earnest prayer acknowledges God's will shall be accomplished on earth and in heaven. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Uh, one of the most famous prayers of the Bible is Daniel. <laughs> he prayed all the time. And, and uh, you can go and read about them in just about every chapter of the book of Daniel when Thy prayer was heard, and I came right away. And, uh, and he says, I, Daniel, fasted for like a month <laughs> and fasted and prayed for a month and about something that was a burden on his heart. And he, he didn't know what he ought to pray for. So I was, my countenance was confused and dazed. <laughs> and he says a lot of things about himself that I don't know what this is all about, but. Lord help me <clears throat> so earnest prayer acknowledges that they, God's will shall be accomplished and the main trouble we have is making our will and prayer align with that will and purpose of God and not the other way around And uh, <clears throat> so he says give us this day our daily bread or, or day by day uh, give us day by day our daily bread 
<clears throat> well, in prayer, it's it's not wrong to pray for necessities. But you know, the scripture says, Jesus said, he knows what you need before you even ask. But he's pleased that you ask because you recognize that he is the source of all things like we read in that scripture. By, all, by him, all things consist. He's, whatever we have, it's by his grace that we, we have it. Uh, Be careful for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And, and then we have the spirit that maketh intercession for us. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and t help in time of need. So scriptures, those scriptures tell us about our access to our, our Father which art in heaven that we can communicate with and, and that He makes provision for us through the Spirit to line up our, our needs and our wants and, and <clears throat> all of our spiritual desires according to His will. <clears throat> so, mostly, the, the, it says, forgive us our sins. Sometimes we leave that out. I do it all the time. <laughs> I don't want to be reminded of those. But I don't, every day I say in my heart, oh man, how could I have done that? Forgive me, <laughs> forgive me. It's like I'm tired of saying that almost. That I'm just, I have to do it so often. That, that, that forgive us our sins. And then we ought to apply that to others because <clears throat> whatever whatever length of crimes we've been forgiven, we should be equally uh, <clears throat> applicable to others that we have contact with. So <clears throat> so we've exhausted our time for today, and we've by no means exhausted this d department of prayer, we'll call it, for today. But just to kind of keep those things in mind, everybody's prayer is different everybody's prayer is part of the sweet order odor of the prayers of the saints that rises up to, to God and and <clears throat> it's what's in what's in the heart more than the things that come out of the mouth that are important to to God he's he knows our hearts he knows the hearts <clears throat> so hope that was of value to you. So till our next time, be free.